right, guys, it's always game day in Cleveland crew of Daryl Ryder and Andy Baskin already and rested after the early bye to get you guys ready for one of the toughest matchups of the year. Subscribe now, 923thefan.com or the Odyssey app to get two episodes each week plus the special postgame edition sponsored locally by Smiley One and Bryant, Northeast Ohio's premier heating and cooling solution. Let's talk to one half of the It's Always Game Day in Cleveland crew. His name is Daryl Ryder. He's our Browns insider. Brought to you by Shiban Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. Daryl, how are we doing tonight? Doing okay. All right. How are you? I'm good. i got to ask you a very important question before we get into the Browns, okay? Yeah. We finally got high-def camera footage of Bigfoot wandering around the mountains of Colorado. I'm not a Bigfoot guy, uh, mainly because I, I don't... You ever watch those shows... Where it's I a, watched Harry and the Hendersons. I remember that movie growing up. Yeah. You're like Ken, giving me like references from like 1970. What's going well, on here? I, you, you mentioned Bigfoot. Harry and the Hendersons. They made a movie about Bigfoot. I've yeah. got no frame of reference on that one. And my 34-year-old self is showing uh, is showing my age here. Clearly. Was it on Nick and Night? Because that's the only way I find anything no, out. it was... Uh, no, I, that's right. It was I, a movie release. I can dance circles around you with La, uh, Laverne and Shirley. I love Lucy... The Jeffersons. If it was on Naked Night, that's how I that's how I watch things. And that was about it. Outside of like John Lithgow was in it. Oh, I love John Lithgow. Really? Yeah. I'll go back and watch it if it's got John Lithgow. Yeah. So, are you a Bigfoot guy? Um. Do you believe in Bigfoot? What they saw in Colorado? You thinking that might be real? Well, I haven't seen ridiculous? the video, so I'm going to pull a Kevin Stefanski on you and say I can't comment on something I haven't seen. All right, that's fine. You don't want to live on the, on the <laughs> not living on the dangerous edge today. I get it. Uh, I, I know I need to say I mean, you. Look, I, I think it's possible that there's a creature out there that uh, you know, uh, you know, hides from us or whatever. Yeah, sure. Why not? I got to send you the video now, only because yeah, and you, I need you do because then then I'd be yeah. I mean, I, I've been a little busy. Uh, I haven't had time to check out high def video of Bigfoot. That hasn't that, <laughs> that, that, that hasn't been high on the priority list of world events going on right now. In between uh, are, are what you, I'm dealing with, are you uh, telling me? Are you Ohio. telling me? Uh, me and you have way different days. Is that what you're telling me? Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, in, yeah, in a much more subtle fashion than that. Yes, 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 yes. that was that was a real uh, that was a real moment. For myself How many right times now. did you play the video for your kid? Uh, 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 none. I hadn't discovered it by the time I dropped her off at her grandma's oh. house at like oh, one. Okay. Yeah. Because I was, was going to ask, you know, they're giggling at it. You know what was the reaction? <laughs> uh, she sees this guy, a Sasquatch, every day in me. She doesn't need to see anything on. Well, a see, camera. I wasn't going to go there, but you know, I, I was trying to be nice to you tonight. Thank you. It was easy. It was right there for you if you wanted it. it, it. Well, it uh, you know me. I, I love picking the low hanging fruit, and I. Was willing to leave that on the tree. Yeah. Um, okay, so I just sent you the video. I'll get your reaction after we're done talking Browns, okay? Uh, you text. Uh, hang on. Do I, I have to mute this, right? I would assume so. I don't think anyone right, actually so says anything. What I am going to do is, as you are asking me the questions, I am just going to watch this video. So I may or may not be paying attention to you okay. as you ask the questions. All right. I am watching the video right now. Yeah. It's, um, a, it's someone on a train, by the way. It's a person on a train. This is a person on a well, yep. first of all, the, the, um, those are trees, right? And this, by the way, this makes for spectacular radio. Those are trees that I'm observing that this creature is walking through. It looks to me like this is a person in a uh, in a costume, uh, potentially. I, I you know, because the these don't look like trees; they look like little weeds. But you see how the the the, the Sasquatch kind of like it like bends down and tries to like. Yeah, but this, I mean, in, like, camouflage into what's around it. Yeah, so for the people that are listening, trying to figure out what on 
God's Green Earth we're talking about right now. Yep. Basically, this thing looks like Chewbacca wandering the forest. Oh, Chewbacca's a good call. Like, th- this guy, I mean, you know, maybe they're filming a, another Star Wars movie out there. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's, I think. Next thing you know, you're going to find Indiana Jones slash Han Solo. <laughs> I did I did see a video today of um, um, someone uh, creatively posted the Star Wars references, or cross-references, between the Indiana Jones movies and Star Wars. And I guess in one of the Indiana Jones movies, there was some hieroglyphs of R2-D2 and C-3PO, and they were able to point those out. Uh, in Solo, remember the gold, the, uh, the, the gold uh, head statue that Indiana Jones replaced with a, a, a bag of dirt, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. That set off all the booby traps? Well, that statue head was in the background of uh, Solo, a Star Wars story, too. I mean... It, so can I tell uh, you? One, can I tell you my Star Wars take? One, well, one of the hypotheses is that yeah. um, either uh, Indiana Jones was dreaming of uh, he was Han Solo in the Star Wars universe, or vice versa, Han Solo fell asleep and dreamt up all the Indiana Jones tales. Someone got high and posted that to a Reddit board, didn't they? That's what happened there. That's, I don't look at Reddit. Wow. I, this this was on uh, this was one on, I believe it was uh, the the reels or whatever those uh, things oh, the are reels. called. Yeah. 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 Uh, I watched the first three Star Wars as a kid because my older brother liked Star Wars a lot. Right, he used to like collect all the Star Wars figurines okay. and everything. And so I what the you're saying three. is he has some very valuable collectibles now. He did. I don't know that he still does. Did you destroy them all? No, nah, I didn't destroy them all. Didn't okay. destroy them all, but I definitely didn't help in that process. <laughs> uh, there, was a, there was a video game we used to play. It was a Star Wars video game. I remember uh, until the day I die... Uh, little Anakin uh, and being like, doors open, let's go. It was like the thing he kept repeating in the game. It drives me insane. Anyway, um, I watched the first three, and here's where Star Wars fans always get on board when I I tell them why I quit. I stopped watching because Jar Jar Binks is not a real, it's a ridiculous character. I, I watched, and then I watched the first three, then we got into Jar Jar, and then by the time I got to Jar Jar, I was out and I was done, because that is such a ridiculously embarrassing character, I couldn't do anymore. Yeah, George Lucas got a little uh, off the uh, the chosen one path there with that, uh, that 90s trilogy he came up with. Like, all the spaceships were all shiny, and uh, like it's like he discovered the new toys of, you know, CGI and that, and... He just got way too excited because the first trilogy did not look anything like no. the original trilogy. Uh, the third trilogy that Disney did, god-awful terrible, um, just basically new characters with the same storyline. Uh, they went from the Death Star to, uh, uh, I forget what they called the the, 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 the planet. with the They turned a planet into a Death Star, um, <clears throat> you know. Uh, I do like some of the uh, like the Rogue Ones and Solo, some of those offshoots. I think they're doing a good job with Mandalorian. People like Mandalorian uh, a lot. And Mandalorian's really good. Maybe Yoda was a thing I, last year for people. Yeah, I, I thought that they did a really good job with the Obi-Wan series. Uh, I just got done with the Ahsoka series. Man, I they make so, so much of that content now, don't so, they? So that content they're doing really, really good with. But the movies, uh, outside of uh, Rogue One and uh, you know th- those offshoot ones that they've done, uh, the the primary Star Wars movies have been uh, hot garbage since uh, Disney took over. All right, Daryl, let's get into the Browns here. Are we at the point where we should have just shut it down for Deshaun Watson? Is that what Stefanski should have said today? Well, how do we know they haven't? You know what I mean? Like, we, we haven't seen him <clears throat> since, uh, I want to say Friday? Uh, no, I'm sorry. Um, 
the Friday before the Ravens game. So it's been, what, two weeks almost that we haven't seen him uh, on the practice field. So, yeah, it, it just doesn't add up, right? You go from almost, almost he's going to play, he's going to play, uh, yeah, still can't throw Sunday more, okay, fine. Uh, I mean, but he's going to be fine after that. Now all of a sudden he can't even practice. He's got to rehab. There's uh, the storyline just didn't add up. And then now Joe Batonio's injured as well. Is that right? Yeah, I guess he was on crutches last week. He's got a knee injury. Um, so uh, I did not see him in the locker room today. Um, but yeah, he's he's a, a little banged up. Yeah, so we're going to have a really depleted offensive line against, uh, you know, defensive player of the year, Nick Bosa. That's awesome. You know, it just, it just, there's, there's well, a lot of things that don't add up here. Um, do you really think it matters? No, not necessarily, but it okay. does for Deshaun. <laughs> no, but it, but it does for Deshaun, right? Because if you're going to throw Deshaun no, out there, I, 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 don't I don't think, think you will. I don't think they're throwing Deshaun out. But, there. you know, if he's 80%, let's say, he's got a chance to get murdered back uh, there if we don't have our offensive line. I don't think you're seeing Deshaun Sunday. Okay, so PJ Walker, Texas Ranger. That's our guy. Yeah. God be with him. <laughs> yeah, I. you know what? I made the case last night. He did beat Tom Brady last year. He, he's got one game in him. I don't know if this will be the game, but he did have one game last year. Uh, I, I'm looking at the 49ers defense, third in total defense, second against the run, 12th against the pass. Um, they're uh, first in interceptions, first in turnover differential. Uh, I stand by my previous statement. God be with you. Would you rest people that are like Batonio, or even let's say we'll get to Njoku and some of his Instagram photos in a second, but people like Njoku that are are battling through things right now? No, I mean, you got to go out there and try to win the football game. If you're able to play, you know, you got to put them out there. But my my whole thing is, is I, uh, I don't know that I put Deshaun Watson out there unless he's 85% or better. Uh, if you're just putting him on the field just for the sake of trying to squeeze a game out of him, because it's more important that he plays against Indianapolis the following week than he does this Sunday. Because I agree. Even with Deshaun Watson, I don't know that the Browns are winning this football game on Sunday. I mean, uh, there is a formula to, to, to win it, and that's why you play the game. they got to come east, and they're on East Coast time, and it's going to mess up their body clock because it's a 10 a.m. kickoff in you know, West Coast time. But... Um, the reality is, uh, if the Browns win this game, it'll be quite the upset. So David Njoku went on Instagram and he posted a, a couple photos. I thought the one was obviously very hard to look at and was very yeah. tough. And then I thought, yeah, I'm not reposting those. By the way, I saw some some people did, and just um, you know, if you want to see him, you can go look at his profile and and uh, you know, certainly respect David putting that out there, but. Um, they were tough for me to look at. So I, I I'm glad he's okay. And um, it just it just shows you how bad that situation was, and also too just how incredibly yeah yeah how incredibly insane that he actually played a football game yes, yes. two days after that happening so and led um, the team in receptions yeah he did. receiving yards yeah he really did so uh, he has quite the pain tolerance but um, yeah I, I'm not gonna I saw TMZ I guess picked it up and all that and I realize it's a story but you know. Uh, I, I just feel bad for David that he's going through that, and you know, God bless him for putting that out there for public consumption. And if people really want to go look at it, I say go check out his Instagram. But uh, yeah, I, I'm just glad he's okay because, you know, what I had heard and his injuries were described to me. Now seeing it with my own two eyes and, and what he's dealing with, uh, I mean, it's uh, it, it's a miracle that. Uh, 
uh, he is, uh, you know, he's going to be okay here. No question about that. I, you know, I, I saw the second photo and I did think to myself, the second one looked a lot better than the first one. I didn't know if we had a time on any of that. I just, if I'm yeah. using, if I'm using I, reasonable I assumption, I would think the second one was, that's a good sign if it's healing that way. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. The, I don't know the timeline or whatever, but, um, uh, you know, they're, they're giving him the time off of practice so he can recuperate. And my anticipation is he will play on Sunday, though. I mean, if he if he played two days after this thing, I cannot imagine him uh, sitting out against San Francisco because of it. Now, I saw Miles Garrett was off crutches. Are we expecting him to play Sunday? Well, he wasn't on crutches. He was in a boot. Oh, I'm sorry, boot. I got that mistake, and I'm sorry. Yeah, he and that Monday he was out of that. So yeah, you I, said it, you said crutches like 30 seconds ago, and I got my brain confused. Yeah, that that was that's, Joel Petonio. That's me looking at too many Bigfoot uh, videos. Is what? Yeah, that see, less time staring at Sasquatch ah. while I'm talking, and more time paying attention to what I'm saying. See? No, it was earlier in the day. See, I see, I was mistake. able to multitask. I was able to answer your question oh, while I'm simultaneously watching the. Yeah, watching uh, Sasquatch there, uh, uh, Chewbacca, a.k.a. Sasquatch. But, um, yeah. <laughs> I can't multitask. Miles, I think Miles is going to play. You do? Yeah. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. All right. Anything, any other nuggets or anything else I should be aware of? Uh, no, I think you covered everything. That sounds good. All right. <laughs> hey, Daryl, it's always a pleasure. And uh, we will look forward to everything you have on the website, obviously, 923thefan.com. And we'll oh, do an offer to you. You know what we didn't cover? What's I know what we didn't cover. Kyle Shanahan. Did you get the audio, what he had to say today? We did. We are going to play it later on oh, the 10 o'clock mm, hour. Delicious. The, the delayed, uncomfortable response when he was asked about his one year in Cleveland with the Browns. The two ums with what felt like an eternity of silence between them and his answer. I mean, he really was searching for something nice to say that wasn't going to get hung on a bulletin board somewhere. But I still contest the uh, the presentation, the get the hell out of here, get me the hell out of here presentation that uh, he presented Mike Pettin and, and uh, Sashi Brown and company back in uh, 2014. Uh, the still the stuff of legends to this very day. So I obviously we we can't show people the Sasquatch uh, that video. So I, I do want to play people the Kyle Shanahan audio because I want to make sure that we uh, we deliver on something and and we aren't just the people during the segment that are like <laughs> you should have heard and saw this. So this was Kyle Shanahan earlier today. Um, um, I really liked living out there. there was some good people and it was cold. My car was always dirty because um, snow was on the ground a lot. Never melted, it seemed like. Um, but I really enjoyed the stadium. I enjoyed the people, and um, it was a it was just one year though. It wasn't very long. <laughs> the ums oh, make that clip. Yes. The um oh. um. <laughs> hey. That makes that clip. Oh my god. <laughs> I heard, and I was so I watched the video on the 49ers website, and the look on his face was priceless as well. Batman. You could just see on his face, like, how the hell do I answer this question without making people angry? Well, he doesn't want to become Noah. He doesn't want to become Ichiro. But he was like, he was, he, he could have easily, he was, he was thinking about going down that road, Daryl. I, I was really disappointed he didn't give Johnny Manziel a shout out. I mean, Johnny's, Johnny's got a documentary out there for crying out loud. He's trying to make some money post oh. the NFL career. Now, that would have been a good question. Ask him, oh. ask him about that. What'd you make of the Johnny doc? You th- there's oh. no way he didn't watch it, right? Everyone watched it. I, I don't know. I think, no, you know what? No, I, if there's one person that would not watch it, I would say Kyle because he lived it and it drove him out of a job. 
And so I, I he strikes me as a guy that is not going to waste his time and energy. He's got better things to do. No hate watching there? No. I, Kyle Shanahan does not strike me as a hate watcher. So okay. I, I, if I had to venture a guess, he's probably the only one that has not watched <laughs> that documentary. Disappointing we couldn't hear from him in it or anyone else associated with the Cleveland Browns. Would have been nice to hear from, like, Ray Farmer or Jimmy Haslam or even the homeless dude, right? Couldn't they find the homeless dude somewhere? They told Jimmy to go. But, but also, speaking of Johnny, you saw the, the uh, clip that got published today. I think Dan Patrick's show had uh, 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 Jason Garrett on, former Cowboys head oh, yeah, coach. yeah. Talking about the temptation, Jerry Jones salivating at the thought of drafting Johnny Manziel, and then oh. Garrett thanking his lucky stars that that just never happened. That would have been wheel meets house right there for Jerry, though. Jerry would have loved it. How, how similar do you think Jerry and Jimmy actually are? I think they're pretty similar, and the fact that Jerry Jones did not draft Johnny Manziel should have been should have sent the alarm bells ringing in Berea. <laughs> if that crazy son of a gun don't want him, why do we? Oh, the homeless guy told me we want. Oh, okay. <laughs> Daryl, thank you. We appreciate you. We'll catch up with you. I'll talk to you Sunday morning, okay? Tell Chewbacca I said hello. Thank you, Daryl. Daryl Ryder, our Browns insider, brought to you by Shop and Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. All right, we come on back. I want to hear from you guys. Two one six four. Seven four to below ninety two. Couple you guys hanging tight within the DTR decision in last week. I don't need to relitigate last week, but I understand you want to get involved in the current situation with Deshaun Watson. But I also want to get to who is actually giving Andrew Barry the mulligan here for going down the road of having DTR, using them for one week, and now it looks like we're going with PJ Walker. We'll get to that and more. It's overtime with John of the Beatle here with you on the fan. Um, um, I really liked living out there. There's some good people, and it was cold. My car was always dirty. Um, the snow was on the ground a lot. Never melted, it seemed like. Um, but I really enjoyed the stadium. I enjoyed the people, and, um, it was a, it was just one year, though. It wasn't very long. Kyle Shanahan. He's in sunny California right now. This close. This close to ending up like Noah, like Ichiro, like all the other... You know how much hatred we would have for Shanahan? And what's funny about it is that Shanahan doesn't get a lot of hate to begin with because, one, he turned out to be awesome. And two, we were the ones, the Browns were the ones, not us personally, but the Browns were the ones that screwed the pooch in that whole ordeal. We had him and we let him off the hook, as they say, right? Like We had him. He was there. He was ours. And then uh, they let him go. That's on us. That's an, that's an us problem. Only there for one year, could have been there for a lot longer. Now, I still maintain that Kyle Shanahan would never have been the head coach of the Browns anyway, so there's no there's no sense crying over spilt milk, so to speak. Like Honestly, think about it. Kyle Shanahan would have done what everybody else eventually has happened. You go to being the O.C., and then you get promoted from being an O.C. because the head coach is there, and uh, so you get, you get nabbed by another team because you display that you're awesome. Especially at that time in the NFL, where it felt like everybody that was a young offensive innovator was being taken and then given jobs. I mean, Sean McVay, then it had Matt LaFour, then it was Zach Taylor. That all happened like within the, the couple year stretch there where this would have happened for Shanahan. And they were all from that same group. They're all from that same group of people that just hung out together, thought similar things. 
and then ended up being awesome. It's like Belichick in the 90s uh, when you go and look at his staff that he had for the Browns where, like, Saban was on there, all sorts of – it was like three or four different head coaches that ended up being a part of that, that Browns roster in the early 90s on the coaching staff. D'Antonio was there, like, all sorts of different guys, right? It happens. You get, like, that same group think and that group tank, and they just all – they all hang out. They all end up being really, really talented and really, really good. Mainly, I've always had the belief what happens is that uh, you get a lot of like-minded people, and then you get one person that just shows them the path and the way and how to do it, and then everyone just kind of follows suit, and it's a path that works. So I don't know who was the uh, the head of the snake. I don't know who that was in that instance, but it worked, and it's worked in spades for Shanahan since he left the Browns. Matt Ryan, he put up one of the top ten best non-Patrick Mahomes seasons we've seen in the previous decade. Won Matt Ryan a league MVP and then obviously blew the Super Bowl lead of 28-3, to but put up 28 against Belichick in the Super Bowl is an impressive feat to begin with anyway. And then obviously what he's building right now in San Francisco, where it feels like he can take just about anybody and make them be really successful. And I don't mean that as a dig against Brock Purdy. Because I've advocated that Brock Purdy is something special. I, I really do believe it. Mr. Irrelevant isn't the greatest for a lot of people, mainly because when you're the last player taken in the NFL draft, you don't come with high expectations, and so it takes a little bit longer for people to believe what they're seeing. I'm sorry that he's not a YouTube quarterback. I'm sorry that uh, he doesn't impress dude perfect out there. You know, the, the, the group of people that want to see a bunch of side-armed, ridiculous throws that you can only make in Madden and aren't supposed to be able to make in real life. I'm sorry he's that guy that doesn't make those throws. But what he does do is he doesn't get sacked, he doesn't throw interceptions, he is wildly efficient, and he throws the ball where Shanahan tells him to throw the ball, and he does it at an extremely high rate. And oh, by the way, on Sunday Night Football, when he had the nation looking at him, a lot of people wondered if he was going to end up just looking awful because that Cowboys pass rush is so good. And you gotta get rid of the ball quick, even though Purdy gets rid of the ball quicker than everyone but three quarterbacks in the NFL. They're like, is this gonna bite him? Is this gonna get him? And then Brock Purdy came out there and was just on fire. So Shanahan's doing well for himself. I'm happy he didn't put himself up on the Cleveland hate list though. Remember one show I did a few years ago, I was coming up with the Cleveland hate list and it was a lot of people on that list, like Kyrie Irving for instance, when he left here and all of a sudden it turned into uh, you know, him bashing the city, calling us not a real sports town. I mean, a lot of guys like that that pop up. I'm glad when we went, like he had a chance to go low and he went high instead. I'm glad he took that opportunity because those ums, those ums sat there for a little bit too long for my estimation there, Shanahan. Just a little bit too long. But ultimately he didn't get anything that could get him in trouble with anybody uh, here in Cleveland. So that's fine. Neither here nor there. But the Browns did make a mistake there even if I don't think he would have eventually ended up being the head coach anyway. 216-474-0092. On Twitter, there you can find me. I am at Jay Peterlin. Question I have for you guys right now, though. Who's actually giving Andrew Barry the mulligan here? I felt like a lot of people have been enraged at Andrew Barry, but even more people seem to be going out of their way to champion that they're dunking on Andrew Barry when the situation says everyone knows he fumbled how this went down. Andrew Barry had an offseason that was about to have him an executive of the year running, turning over the defense to one of the best in the league, far outweighs the idea that you blew the backup quarterback situation. I'm going to repeat that one because I feel like that's important. 
fixing our defense in one off season where you redid the defensive line, you brought in other guys like Juan Thornhill, for instance, hired Jim Schwartz, doing all that in one off season and having it click the way that he did and has far outweighs, far outweighs not having a backup quarterback. But I don't know that anybody is really coming to the the defense of Andrew Barry and what we've seen go down in the previous couple weeks. Now, maybe that sounded like a little bit of a, de- a defense for me, but just name me the person that's going to the mat for Andrew Barry or the people. Show me the articles. The real problem that Barry has in all this is that nobody is defending him and nobody is sticking up for him since he himself knows that he screwed the pooch on this one. Barry was always on the hot seat in my mind. Now he's really on the hot seat coupled with Stefanski. Because even though I can say that what happened with the defense far outweighs what happened with the quarterback situation, you can't be a GM of a football team and just completely ignore the backup quarterback spot the way that Andrew Barry and company have done. That is an inexcusable move. Our buddy Nick Wilson said yesterday that if Deshaun Watson goes into this Seattle game and he's still injured, then it's a fireable offense that they didn't have a better backup plan. All that happened here was they got greedy, but you got to pay for getting greedy. Like Jonathan, how did they get greedy? Well, they decided to pay Juan Thornhill $7 million a year, $21 million over three years. And instead of paying a backup quarterback like they used to pay Case Keenum $7 million, Jacoby Brissett, I think, is getting paid $7 million as well. Instead of paying a backup quarterback the cost that it pays to have one of the premier backup quarterbacks like the Colts, you know, they had a rookie quarterback in Anthony Richardson, they get Gardner Minshew in there, and all of a sudden they beat the Ravens with Gardner Minshew. They're competitive in games. They're going to be competitive against the Browns in a couple weeks. Uncle Rico is not too bad at football. But the idea here is that instead of paying the $7 million for a backup quarterback, they spent it on that defense to try to make sure that they could do it all. To try to make sure, but they never thought that Deshaun Watson would get injured the way that he is. They never took into the accounting that Deshaun Watson would get injured and Nick Chubb would also be injured as well. I believe they thought we can throw DTR out there and Nick Chubb could run the ball 30 times if we need him to, but obviously that plan went up in smoke. The moment Nick Chubb got injured was the moment they should have been on the horn calling anybody and everybody because their backup plan went poof up in smoke. That was it. It was gone. But I want to hear from you guys. 216-474 to below 92. On Twitter, there you can find me. I am at Peterwin. Who's actually giving Andrew Barry the mulligan here? And who is following the most in your eyes? Since the season started, is it Stefanski? Is it Barry? Or is it Deshaun Watson? Your reaction and more. We'll get to the fan focus coming up at 10 o'clock. It's a unique night because we had Daryl at 9. Fan focus at 10. It's overtime with Jonathan Beatle here with you on the fan. did tweet out a, uh, a photo of Chewbacca. He definitely thinks it's Chewbacca. We talked to Daryl at 9 o'clock. Uh, there's a Bigfoot sighting in Colorado. I'm not I'm not a believer in Bigfoot. It's simple. You ever watch one of those cop shows 
where they like they try to find somebody on the run and they give them like thirty days and if you can escape thirty days then you can get like ten grand or a hundred grand or whatever that crazy amount of money is. There used to be a show on TV about that. I watched it a few times. It's very interesting. Basically, the point that I came away with is that you can't hide in America. There's no way you can hide. And Bigfoot, sorry, you wouldn't be able to hide. There's just no way. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. I think, wait for the big ploy. Big, big beef jerky is going to do a marketing campaign around this. I'm not so convinced that uh, Bigfoot, looking like Chewbacca, is actually hanging out in Colorado. But Odyssey Rewind, I talked a lot about it with Daryl. Nine o'clock hour, go back and listen. Right now I'm talking with you guys about Andrew Barry, and I, I just don't understand the rhetoric that people are giving Andrew Barry this big mulligan for what happened. Like, who's actually giving him a pass? I felt like a lot of people just wanted to rip on Andrew Barry and wanted to just shred the idea that he should get some sort of pass. I ask you guys simply, who's giving him the pass? I think the yelling at Barry situation has gotten to a point where you really are just old man that yells at the cloud. He knows this situation sucks. He knows that if he was his own boss, he'd be giving him the boot after this year as well if things continue to go down this track. He knows this. He's not an idiot. Nobody walks around with a Barry jersey on Sunday. I actually saw my first Stefanski jersey last Sunday at the tailgate. Wild move from that person. But, hey, whatever you're into, that's fine. People did buy John Dorsey sweatshirts. That was a little weird. Uh, I like Dorsey. Nobody has loved themselves more than John Dorsey loved himself, okay? Like, I'm happy when people love themselves. John Dorsey loved himself. But Andrew Barry's the meme of that puppy with the coffee in the burning building saying this is fine. He knows it's not fine right now. Listen, nobody's dying on the Andrew Barry Hill. If they were, I'd tell them not to and to at least get a proper burial. But there were a lot of staunch supporters after he remade the defense, and it seemed like he could put his job on cruise control until at least the trade deadline. I'm sorry, it's not the case. You want to tell me you're a defender of Andrew Barry? I'll listen to it. But I want to know who has fallen the most in your eyes since the season has started. Because in my mind, for my money, I think that answer is Stefanski, mainly because it's not that I put him on a pedestal, but I expected more out of Stefanski this year. I needed to see more out of Stefanski this year. He's let me down in a pretty big way so far. Between Deshaun, Stefanski, and Andrew Barry, I would say Stefanski's let me down the most. Andrew Barry, it's not that he let me down in this scenario. I'm almost going to treat him like I imagine I'll treat my kid when she gets old enough. I'm not mad. I'm just... I'm a little disappointed. I'm not mad that he made a bad call. It was a bad call not to have a backup quarterback worth anything. It's a bad call. He got greedy. And I understand sometimes if you you, flew, you fly too close to the sun, you know what happens, Icarus. That's all that happened here. He got a little greedy, and it burned him. He got a little greedy, and ultimately he's got to show for it. And you are judged on your mistakes in the NFL. You are judged based off of whether or not you made the right and wrong decisions. That's what the whole business is about. I don't think it was fraught with problems. I don't think it was something that Andrew Barry needs to apologize for. I think he weighed his pros, he weighed his cons, and he thought to himself, if I can add a defender with that 7 or $8 million I would spend on a legitimate backup quarterback, then I'm going to do that. And if Deshaun has to miss a lot of time, well, you guys saw what happened with Jacoby Brissett. I think a couple things happened here. I don't think he prepared for the idea that Deshaun would only miss two or potentially three to four weeks. 
I think he thought that Deshaun was either out for a long time or he'd play every single game because Deshaun's only missed one game in his entire career. Played on a torn ACL in college. He is the epitome of being a healthy person. And then the other part is the Nick Chubb equation. But the moment Nick Chubb got hurt, moment Nick Chubb got hurt, Andrew Barry should have been on the phone dialing up anybody. Hell, I would have been dialing Washington up, and I would have paid way more than a pretty penny to see what you can get out of Jacoby Brissett. And let's not get crazy here. You know, Trey Lance just went for a fourth rounder, but that fifth rounder you got for Josh Dobbs probably would have got the job done. Two one six four seven four to below ninety two. Lowell and uh, Ashtabula up next. Hello. Hey, like the show. You're doing good tonight. Thank um, you. I appreciate you. My personal opinion, which uh, is Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski and Deshaun, they all are kind of in the pot together and how they do things. But I, I really believe in my mind, in my heart, that they put way too much cred in Deshaun not going down. It's Deshaun performing. You always have to have a backup. You always have to back a play. And I'm kind of glad they're not putting DTR out there this, this, this weekend, even though he's ticked off about it. Cause the other guy just take the best shot, but they just got to do their best. And they never used Nick Chubb in the right way. So, I mean, those other guys, they can rotate him in and out, keep two backs back to protect the other guy. And, uh, they just, um, it just comes down to bottom line is they're all going to sink the ship together. That's just how it's going to go. They have to at this point. And thank you as always. Yeah. I appreciate the call. That's, that's the reality. One goes down, they all go down, which I don't, I didn't think that was the case entering the season. I really didn't. I thought Andrew Barry had built himself up a little bit more of a runway if this thing had crashed down because of some of the offseason moves. But I'm looking forward now and I'm seeing there's a lot more mistakes that he's made. I think he's in the same boat as Kevin Stefanski. Clean house. Now, will Deepa Desta be a part of that? That's another part of this equation. How cleaning, uh, how much of the cleaning of the house do they actually do? Do they go the full money or do they stop short at Stefanski, Barry, and then we run things back in a different way? It's fascinating to me. You know what I, I just thought about with when Bull mentioned not using Nick Chubb, right? That's fascinating in the, in the idea that they were so cautious with Nick Chubb. If Nick Chubb never plays another game again, I'm thinking worst case scenario here. Obviously, if he comes back and plays again and he's able to rehab and he's able to be all right, that's fantastic. We'd love to see that. But if he never plays again, or if the injury is so severe he can never run the same way, right? And instead of being uh, as fast as he is, as strong as he is, a lot of that gets taken away. They did treat him so cautiously as it pertained to his runs and the amount of carries he got a game. Really does kind of suck that they didn't reap the benefits of their big grand experiment of trying to see how long can you take a running back and how long can you have a running back be healthy in the NFL if you use them minimally? If you don't use them 25, 26 carries a game and you, you limit what they can do, can they be extended out until they're 30 years old, let's say? I'm not going to get the answer to that little science experiment that they were playing with. That really sucks. It sucks for us. It sucks for Nick Chubb. Because there's a lot that I think they did right in regards to that. If we, if we treat it like it's tread on a tire and it's wear and tear on a tire, then you could have reasonably assumed that Nick Chubb would last longer than most NFL running backs, and now we're just never going to know. Now we're, we're just stuck wondering. That sucks. Todd and Shaker up next. Hello, Todd. Yo, Todd. Hey, JP. Hey, Todd. Hey, JP. Thanks, up, man. Thanks, man. Um, well, first of all, uh, no Bigfoot for me because my wife believes in Bigfoot, okay? 
Oh, she might. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not going to cast any blame for the loss to the Ravens last week because we shouldn't have lost to Pittsburgh, you know, and and that's the way I see it right there, um, you know. But um, as far as that going forward, you know, I I listened to one of your earlier callers. I got my first Browns gear at age five. I'm 62 now. Mm-hmm. So 57 years ago, and um, like the other guy said, I, I believe he was 52 or 62. I'm sick of it, man. I'm going to die before this team oh, does anything. Todd, Todd, you're 62. You got 30 more years, Todd. And they've got and and what have they done? <laughs> no, if you, all right, let's put it this way: If Vegas came to you and they said, "Hey, Todd." We we want to make a bet with you. Thirty years, the Browns wins a win a Super Bowl or don't win a Super Bowl. Um, you're not putting any money on that. I would put money on it because I'm a I'm cursed as being a Browns fan. <laughs> so we should get something good out of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but um, but that's that's the reason why I've turned the NFL into a money making machine instead of just being an emotional investor into a team that doesn't deliver. You know what I'm saying? Listen, uh, Todd, I, I appreciate you as always. I mean, I grew up a Cubs fan. I, 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 I was convinced I was never going to see a World Series because everyone in my life was like, we don't win the World Series. 1908 or whatever it was was the last time they'd won, and they're like, you don't win, win the World, we don't win the World Series. It's not what happens. A lot of Guardians fans feel the same way, right? Guardians fans, 1948, you're like, you grew up, you're like, we don't win the World Series here. I did win one, and not me, the Cubs. Cubs did win one. Like, I got mine. It does happen. Uh, and I'll tell you this. For all the Browns fans out there that tell me, they call up like him and say, I, you know, I've been, I've been, I'm 62 years old. I've never won it. It's all I ever want in life. I want that for you guys so bad. I hope you guys know that. I want it for you so bad. We'll say. You're not going to believe me. You have to win one in order to, like, actually have this come true. You're not going to believe me. Because you guys cared about the Cavs championship. Obviously, that was the greatest moment for a lot of you guys. But have it be your favorite sport. Baseball is my favorite sport of all time. And the Cubs are my favorite team of all time. I've basically gotten rid of the Bears. I've basically gotten rid of the Bulls. I haven't gotten rid of the Cubs, okay? When you win one, it does devalue what happens with your viewing and your pleasure moving forward. I will say that. Now, I know you're going to say, Jonathan, you're crazy. I just want to win. And you're right. You deserve to win more games. You deserve to win more postseason games than what this franchise has given you. That's obviously awful that you got, what, two postseason games in 25 years? It's not good enough. Haven't won the division since 1989 is absurd. I was born in 1989. You need more stability and more sustainable success. You're des- you're, you deserve that at a minimum. But, yeah, you're 62. you got 30 more years. I pray the Browns end up winning one in the next 30 because I'm going to have an awful 30-year stretch if they don't win one, if they don't snipe one off eventually. But that was the deal with Deshaun. Deshaun gave you the chance. That was the roll of the dice. Deshaun gave you that chance of potentially winning one. All right, we come on back. we got a late edition of the Fan Focus. Nick Wilson's going to lead us off in the Fan Focus. I can't believe it. This is what he had to say. You're not doing your job. And I think it is laughable and embarrassing Little snippet right there. Who was he talking about? What was he talking about? We'll have it for you next in the Fan Focus. It's overtime with Jonathan Peterwin here with you on the Fan. 